0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We are here. You've clicked the episode to talk about the Mandalorian season three, episode two, which I think really surprised my expectations based off of we got on episode one. But in order to talk about this. Uh, We were fortunate enough to have Harrison from The Basement Binge join us today. Uh, Harrison, you weren't able to be with us for episode one, so maybe we'll be able to get some of your thoughts on that first episode before we really dig into this. Uh, But I'm just going to start
1: with with welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. This is a series that I was looking forward to coming out just so I could talk to you guys about it. So I'm glad that I finally get to be here
0: yeah rob you know we we talked about episode one and i like i said i was i was kind of surprised and we'll get into that a lot more by episode two but uh what what were your thoughts here did, did episode two kind of steer you in a direction that we didn't think we were going to go so quickly
2: yeah i think it i think it took us somewhere that i i maybe expected the it to be a little bit harder i've got some thoughts on that um but yeah it's been it's been all Pedro Pascal for us this week between uh, this show and The Last of Us. So at this point I just want them to do a remake of Daddy Daycare just starring Pedro Pascal. That's what I want.
0: I I think that's probably in the works right now. Someone hin- someone has given him a script for that. I'm, I'm sure of it.
2: <laughs> yeah. but, if not, somebody, somebody write it and get it to his agent quickly. Right,
0: exactly. Take notes. We just gave you a million-dollar idea. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Harrison, before we get your thoughts uh, on episode one, I want to give you a few minutes to just kind of go over what you thought. Uh, we do want to take a second to let listeners know that we, once again, have another great giveaway for them. And this time it is for the movie. Movie, 80 for Brady, which is out on digital, and we are giving away five free copies of this movie, thanks to Map360 Collective. Now, this movie stars Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Marino, and Sally Field, starring as four best friends who go on an unforgettable journey to see their hero Tom Brady play in Super Bowl 51 in a hilarious comedy about living life to the fullest, no matter your age. It's been directed by Kelvin Kyle Marvin and 80 for Brady is available on digital now at participating retailers and is rated PG13 from Paramount Pictures. So thank you to Map360 for sponsoring this portion of the show. And thank you to you listeners. This is just a way for us to give back to you. So follow the show notes and figure out how you are able to win one of those copies. But Harrison, I'll uh, I'll kick back to you. Uh, give us a quick recap of your thoughts on episode one.
1: You know, it's interesting because I was talking to a coworker right before the season started or like the day it started. I don't remember. And and he was saying that he couldn't even finish the first season because he just thought it was like a slow burn. It was too boring oh. and unexciting. And to be honest, I can't really remember season one or two very well. It's, it's hard to, to think back. But he's like, you must have to love Star Wars in order to get to, to enjoy that. And I was like, yeah, that I guess that must be it because I can't really remember anything about it except for that it was just good. And uh, so the first episode started, and I was like, oh, maybe this guy's on to something. And like, I was worried that like I had lost my interest in the Mandalorian because it wasn't like I started it and was just like immediately overwhelmingly hooked. Not that I was disliking it or that it wasn't good. I just. Like, I was expecting myself to, like, almost, like, head over heels, immediately fall in love. Um, And uh, I think that I'm, like, rediscovering what The Mandalorian is, which is kind of exciting, because I think that I forgot what it was. Like, it wasn't overtly Star Wars-y, and it wasn't, like, overtly Mandalorian-y. Like, the first episode was, it was like a a palate cleanser from what I was expecting. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I still am trying to figure out what I think about it. But, yeah, it, like... it, I was excited to to rediscover Mandalorian all over again.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fairly accurate point to make. I mean, especially given, you know, the season finale and what we got in season two. Um, it, it really did feel almost like a palate cleanser of sorts. Um, like a, you know, a sort of a fresh start. I, I don't think we really, Rob and I certainly enjoyed it, but we both, you know, kind of talked about how, that episode really is just a refresher so to speak of like what's going on um rob any thoughts that you want to follow up with on that before we actually talk about this next episode here
2: yeah i think that's probably a good way to put it because it picks up kind of where it left off when we last saw the two of them in book of boba fett and you know, it's kind of weird because I think we were kind of like we were we were so anticipating this. And then I don't want to say the first one was a letdown, but it was like it just didn't match that level of epicness where we left off in season two. So I, I think if somebody felt like, oh, what happened here? It, it's not because it was bad. It just wasn't it wasn't Luke walking in after slaying a whole bunch of, of bad guys and, and taking Grogu with him. You know, it wasn't that.
0: Yeah, and I, I did actually. um I rewatched the first episode and it it just solidified my score and everything like that. But I think I did enjoy it a little bit more the second watch through just because I kind of knew what to expect and I was just looking for little things. Um, But, you know, I, I feel like this episode, at least for me, kind of dives back in where there are a lot of callbacks and Easter eggs to the bigger Star Wars lore in this episode, um, which I really, which I really, really enjoyed. I'm surprised we got to where we are as fast as we did based off of episode one. So I have a lot of curiosity about what else this season's going to entail. And certainly the trailer shows some, what I thought was some pretty exciting shots and and certainly made me question what we're going to see. Um, and Rob, I'll let you go first on this, but I, I really didn't expect, because we're just going to be completely spoilers, I did not expect us to be at Mandalore and maybe get some of the things that we got already in episode two. Like, I thought it jumped fairly quickly. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it, it definitely seemed to go right into it quicker than I thought.
2: Um, I'm 100% with you. And I guess kind of one of my biggest complaints about this episode and and maybe it is what it's going to end up uh, being a bigger complaint for the series. Um, what exactly does Bo-Katan do when she's not moping all day? Like, Every time we've seen right. her so far, she's just kind of like chilling, leg up over the arm of the chair, staring. Like, what does this chick's day planner look like? Just mope all day, take lunch, brood for a bit, stare out the window, go home, do it all over again. Like, it's, that's literally all she does all day. And her whole goal is to retake Mandalore, never even bothers to go there because reasons, and then one guy with a droid possessing half the courage of Shaggy and Scooby takes his stepson on a weekend camping trip to earn a Mandalorian merit badge without any backup at all. And he has no problem getting there. Like none just shows up like, okay, we landed no big deal. Like what? <laughs> That's
1: so accurate.
0: Harrison, should we, should we guess the rotten? Is that <laughs> 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 no um, Harrison? I'll, I'll let you go first with that um i I think that i'm actually really surprised to kind of hear that um not that she mopes around but maybe some of the other criticisms um what are your thoughts on that
1: you know i'm kind of right there with him i kept thinking that like i don't know if we're into spoilers yet but at one point when we get back to Bo-Katan in this episode, I was like, is she just going to be sitting on her throne again? Like if she is just sitting on her throne again, there's no one around her. Like, is it just her on that planet with that droid? Like wh- what is she doing? How does she live? Like, does she not have a job? I don't know. Maybe I'm like, need to get out of earth brain and into star Wars brain, but like, <laughs> I don't, it, it, it's weird to me. And so I really, really do like that. Um, we're getting into Mandalore and like, I feel like this, the story is picking up in a good way. It is really interesting to me. Like I'm still trying to wrap my head around that comment that my coworker made about like, what is the Mandalorian? Like, how would I explain this to someone? And, and like, it's makes me really kind of existential about the Mandalorian, but it, <laughs> it it's, it's exciting to see this happening. It's exciting that we're on Mandalore and like, especially the father son stuff that we get between Din and Grogu is like the best. Like I could not love that more. And it's cool that there's more characters coming back that bo is going to be here. And I'm excited for other characters. But it's like she, she feels very poorly written. Like, oh, we just need her available for the story. But we're not interested in making her a character who's actually lived outside of interaction with Din. And so it, it makes it feel kind of weak, especially to see her like so quickly turn and become kind of friendly towards him, which I actually, that's actually something that I kind of liked, which we can talk about that later. So it, it, I'm like this weird in between.
0: Hmm. That's, that's definitely an interesting thought. I, I really liked her cause I never really thought about it. And I, I'm not saying Rob is wrong. Um, I, I really liked her in this episode. Um, especially when she does get to Mandalore. Cause I, I thought the, the fight scenes in this episode the ones that we got i thought were actually really well done um That's i, I thought she she definitely kicked ass in this episode um which was kind of funny though to see like her be able to get the leg up on everybody and mando kind of getting his ass handed to him so to speak that was yeah,
2: let's just it was a it little surprising is. din kind of sucks at being a mandalorian in this episode like he actually is really bad at his job like He's he's terrible at it because without baby Yoda and Bo-Katan, he would have been totally and completely screwed multiple times in this episode.
0: Yeah, I um, th- there were a couple of things I was like, wow, like he definitely did not have it in this episode, whatever, like, I don't know, maybe he's too distracted or whatever the case may be. But um, is it possible? Is is Grogu more adorable than ever so far in the first two
1: episodes of this season Oh my gosh! Yes,
2: I literally cannot bear it when he gets that super sad and concerned look. Like I can't bear it. I can't. I yeah. Can't and it. his
1: ears fold down. Oh yep. my gosh.
2: Yep. Yeah. He's you know it's, it's, say what
0: you will. He's been a highlight of these first two episodes for me. Um, just more of like you know the the noises that he makes flipping out of you know their their spacecraft. Um, I have enjoyed him a lot. I I didn't think it was possible to like him any more than through the first two seasons, but you know, that is certainly happened. Oh yeah, definitely. He's, he's definitely getting more vocal. Um, I'm not sure if I want to see, I'm not sure if I want to see that though. I don't know if I want to hear him
2: actually
1: talk. What are your guys thoughts on that?
2: I don't think I want it either, but I kind of feel like that it's headed that way. Like,
1: I mean, it's got to happen sooner or later. So, like, it's going to happen. But I don't like, I'm excited for that because, like, the future of Grogu and seeing, like, maybe a Jedi Mandalorian Grogu Baby Yoda combo thing, like, that's exciting. And to, like, see him mature and become more of a character is exciting. But it's also like, I don't want to give up this adorableness. I'm not quite ready to let go.
0: Right, yeah. Stop growing up so fast. Just knock it off.
1: Um, Right. I I
0: mean,
2: he's 53 already. Come on.
0: Right. I know. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, You know, one thing, and they, they did this in season two. It's funny to me how this show really dives into... How much this show pulls from other mediums of Star Wars, such as the Clone Wars, even some of the legends things were kind of talked about in this. And and one of the major things, and I'm going to run this by you, because this is something that we never, ever talked about. And I was reading this this week where I was like, oh, my God, I never thought I never had heard of this or anything. Um I've read an article and this has been back since season one. So Rob, I'll start with you and let me know if you guys have heard this, that it's possible that the armorer
1: actually has worked with Darth Maul. Mm. Have you heard that? I hadn't heard that before, but now that you say that, that makes sense. I, I can like, especially talking about the watch and, Dan talking about how he was raised on the moon where the watch was kind of exiled. Like I imagine that we're going to get more of that history explored and it kind of excites me. And like, especially when that robot thing attacks him, whatever it is, that droid human thing, I, w- I my brain was going through all the possibilities of who that could be. So I, I hope we get something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, cause Rob, you've never seen the clone wars, but there is a time when, darth maul did in star wars canon hold the dark saber and there was a group of fanatics that did work for him and i'm wondering if that maybe is something that's gonna are are we gonna see something like that could one of these flashback
2: scenes could one of them be with maul because he would say darth maul has unfinished business doesn't it You know, I guess mild spoilers for anybody who has, not well, I guess major spoilers for anyone who hasn't bothered to see uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, When when he shows up at the end, that didn't feel like that was going to be the last word on Darth Maul in Star Wars lore. It it felt like there is going to be something else with this. And then that movie was so poorly received that any chance that it was going to spin off into something else was was kind of tamped down, at least for the, the meantime. And that movie is better than people give it credit for. It is. But I, I, it's hard for me to think that he won't show up. I think maybe a little bit selfishly, I don't want it to tie too much into the animated shows just because I haven't had a chance to go back and and actually watch all of them. It feels like at times because the creators are the same, it feels like a lot of the stuff that was created by uh, Dave Filoni, he, he continues to try to bring into the Mandalorian so that, people go back and and watch you know his work where he introduced all these characters for the first time it kind of feels like that and i don't want it to feel like that i I just want it to tell a good compelling story
0: yeah i'd still say just a quick sidebar solo came out at the worst possible time right you you have a different release for that movie and i think it's way better received um than when it first you know it came out into theaters but You know, Harrison, what are your thoughts on that? Are you do you think this is a bad thing that this show really kind of, you know, overall, it does tie into a much bigger universe and really more so than any other Star Wars project? I feel, you know, brings in so many different aspects of the animated series legends. Um, Do you think that that could pose a problem because it's it's almost getting too big and it you know it it was better as a confined story or
1: is that something that's not bothering you now or you know how, how do you feel about that you know it's something that I can find myself sitting on either side of the fence depending on the day and the conversation <laughs> Um I, I think that there's parts of it that is really really exciting because there's characters from those stories and things about those stories that I think are exceptionally well uh, done and have awesome characters. Um, Ahsoka being a highlight. Um, if anyone needs convincing that that the Clone Wars is quality, just go watch season seven. Like it's some of the best Star Wars ever. Um, and so I I'm excited for that, and I want that. And it, there's some really the lore of Mandalore is really interesting, and there's a lot of that that could be fun to explore, especially this dynamic that they've kind of hinted at between like. The creed that that Din is a part of, and the Mandalorians that uh, Bo Katan is a part of, and like that kind of antagonistic viewpoint they have of each other, like there's interesting things there, and there's exciting characters and things that could happen. However, if this just similar to the book of Boba Fett, if this just becomes a show for those other things, then it's completely missed the point. Um, Like the book of Boba Fett felt like. Mandalorian season 2.5 it, it 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 was just interesting so uh, there's parts of it that excites me and there's also parts of it that worries me where it's like one of the things that I kind of talked about when we talked about M and, and the Wasp was, was just like this idea that when everything is trying to be connected you lose a little bit of the excitement about this one thing and I think that was what was so exciting about season one and season two of Mandalorian is that this was their story that there wasn't too much else we were getting. And when we got anything else, it was just enough um, that we didn't lose what we had. And so I find myself going both ways.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think definitely, you know, talking about the, the legend of, you know, uh, of Mandalore, you know, we certainly get a pretty good, Easter egg at the end, and not even an Easter egg because it's so clearly um in the spotlight. But you know, as this episode is ending, um you we get a shot of what you know I'm assuming everybody is assuming is a mythosaur. Um that's a pretty big piece of of Mandalore legend. Um it looks really cool from what we could see. I mean, great design. Um, yeah, I agree. But again, it's, it's interesting how all of this will tie together for me. And it really makes me think like, I really have no idea where this season is going. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I, I have no clue what is the crux of this season. Like, okay, he wants to be put back into the creed, but now it seems like there's something way more than that. Uh, Rob, I'll let you go first.
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, Once again, we get Pedro Pascal walking around ruined cities with a magic kid that he has to protect, which is kind of funny. Um, but he's, he's trying to redeem his creed. It doesn't seem like he has as much conflict with that as I was kind of hoping to see. I thought that could be a really compelling storyline as he meets additional Mandalorians who have slightly different beliefs from him because he knows nothing else you know that's all that's how he was raised after his parents were killed by the by the droid attack that's all he knows is this other creed that he was raised in and i think the more time he spends with Bocatan, the more you could maybe see some of that conflict you know particularly with the whole helmet thing so that could be really interesting this season and just kind of i think one of the other compelling storylines is again, if you haven't seen the book of Boba Fett, you would kind of miss that. Din was really struggling as he was learning to use the dark saber. Bo-Katan picks it up in this episode and just slays like, Mm -hmm. just, it's like an extension of her hand. She's a master with it. It feels like they're setting it up to that. She's supposed to have this and there should, there could be some real conflict there. Um, She's maybe the rightful heir, but he possesses it, and under their rules, she has to defeat him. What kind of conflict will that set up later this season? Um, I'm I'm kind of excited. Like I I kind of poo pooed a few things about this, but that that doesn't tamp down my excitement for this. I mean, just give me Baby Yoda doing Baby Yoda things, jumping around and trying to get snacks. And it can I just have to say this too? This show has the best orchestration of anything ever. Full stop. The main theme and literally every other piece of music is the greatest, most epic and amazing score ever conceived. I struggle to think how anything ever beats this. It's my favorite ever.
1: I'm 100% in agreement with that. Like when the title comes up in the theme plays or when the credits start in theme plays, I'm just like, yeah, this is why I love the Mandalorian
0: yeah i mean i i agree too i i think maybe we will see um rob some of that conflict you know within um den himself because as, i mean certainly from the preview that we saw the trailer he definitely teams up with other mandalorians um whether or not they share his views some of them do some of them share bo katan's views I, I do think we will be getting more of you know that said conflict and, and, that could lead to maybe some of his decision on whether or not he actually cares about getting redemption, or maybe it does tie into the fact that we could find out that the redemption that he thinks he seeks isn't really as noble as, as he feels it is, especially if some of these things about you know, these groups that broke off and and maybe worked with, you know, people from, you know, the empire or whoever else, um, maybe comes to fruition in this season if that's something that happens. So I, I certainly think there's conflict. The one thing and I, I was, I'm still just kind of curious about this and I realized there was a connection there. But once again, one thing that I was confused about with this episode and thought was unnecessary, is this th- his continued obsession with finding this repair part for this droid. Um, I get it. He helped save grogu. But it to me, it feels very unnecessary that he still is looking to get this part. Like, I I don't know, Uh, Harrison, I'll, I'll, I'll let you chime in. But I don't know. That just still feels a little unnecessary to me.
1: Yeah, it does to me, too. And it also feels like a betrayal of Din as a character. Like, what was the first thing we learned about this character in season one that he doesn't like droids? And I, the, here's another thing. I'm flip flopping. I guess I need to pick a side. And like, I, I go back and forth wanting to see, like, yeah, this is character growth. We've seen him come a long way. He can learn to trust droids in multiple situations. He's been able to do that. And he's kind of opened up his heart a little bit. That's awesome. I get that, especially this IG unit. He He feels some affinity towards after what they went through. But to see how quickly he just accepts the R4 unit from whatever name is, I was like, seriously, that's it like she offers him a discount because whatever holiday it is I forget and and we're just on to the next scene like it, it it feels weird do you know so what droid that is is it R4 from uh the Jawa with Luke
0: yeah it's the same one that Luke was gonna buy um, oh that's sweet that busted so that's how they
1: got R2 that's pretty awesome
2: and I gotta say like Normally that the Pelly when she's on, I, I enjoy that character. I enjoy those scenes. This one just felt a little weird. Like it felt like she was trying to take advantage of Mando and like try to sell him, you know, kind of a bill of goods as opposed to actually get him something that was going to help him. It kind of felt a little bit like she was betraying his trust a little there, particularly because she's so like obsessed with Grogu and is going to be putting him in harm's way by giving him a droid that she knows is made like crap. Is kind of busted and isn't working properly. That scene just felt a little off to me.
0: Well, even the even the part before that, I don't know why, but I just kind of felt like because she's ripping off the client before Din arrives. Like even that, I was kind of like, kind I don't know. Like I, I, I I'm not rooting for this. Yeah, I did not like, like that. <laughs> like and like I, you I, said, like, like I've loved her, um but yeah, just something something definitely felt off about her. Um, And maybe it was because I was like, I don't like the fact that you're ripping this guy off. Like,
2: yeah,
0: I I don't like that at all. But yeah, I I definitely was was not of the same, you know, excitement level to see her or or enjoyment.
2: She's been a fun character. And then you find out, like, she's paying these like she's paying the Jawas to go rip them, rip these guys off. Like it just she stops being a character you root for now. And now you kind of like you loathe her like this is this is not okay. Like this is. We don't root for you now.
0: Yeah, Harrison. It's it. It seemed like you were gonna jump in there too.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. At first, I was like, "Huh, that's kind of funny," and I was like, "Wait, that's horrible." And <laughs> and, and then and then you like it. Just it, it takes like a moment where you're like, "Hey, I like this character." Hell, oh, that's kind of funny. Oh wait, that's not good. And and it like it just kind of like plays with your emotions. Like it it's weird that so much of this season already makes me kind of question what do I actually think about The Mandalorian? Because I don't know. Like, it it really is making me kind of freak out that, it, that I'm so indecisive about everything. Where before, especially if you go back and listen to the episodes, it was just like The Mandalorian's the greatest thing ever, every episode over and over again. And especially not being able to participate in The Last of Us episodes with you because I haven't seen it. But listening to your guys' review of The Last of Us, like, I was excited for that to continue. That excitement and thrill, it's a good... TV series was given you guys I was excited for that to continue with the Mandalorian and maybe my expectations were just way too high but here's another scene where it's like my expectations of these character in this series that I love just doesn't happen and it it's like almost kind of heartbreaking that it's not what I would hope I'm I'm almost wondering for
0: like myself is is we're talking and this this just kind of hit on me I almost wonder if for me myself I'm on like emotional overload because there's there's just so much going on in movies television uh for me video games things that are coming out um things that are about to come out i I just i almost wonder if it's like i I just i have too much excitement for everything like for so many things that are coming out that some things are dampered for me
2: I think there's a little bit of that and, and what you're saying, Matt, makes perfect sense to me. I think I'll add another twist on, on maybe why I don't I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed so far this season, but some of the hesitancy that it might sound like we have to praise this, for me at least I think the gap between season two and season three, even including season 2.5 of Book of Boba Fett, it's been so long since we've had these characters on screen together, going on their adventures together, that we really only remember the high water marks from seasons one and two. We just remember the great music. We remember the great space Western. We remember the great adventure and all the awesome moments between these two characters, forgetting that the whole season wasn't just that, you know, just Mm -hmm. hammered all the way to the top. There were, there were parts that weren't as great. And when we pick back up and we're all excited for it and it's been so long, I think that might be part of it. And look, there are some problems with this particular episode, but I think maybe that's why we're not necessarily ready to just throw confetti everywhere uh, on episodes one and two so far of season three.
0: Yeah. I, I, I almost wonder with, you know, is this one of those examples and we've talked about, this a couple of times but is this something where because of the time in between and maybe because of the fact that you know the the book of boba fett was particularly underwhelming and let's face it um this was something that was brought up i think for what it's worth obi-wan was somewhat underwhelming as well um that's it's two Star Wars projects in a row that were underwhelming after you got some of maybe the highest of highs of Star Wars on certain occasions. Um, so, you know, do, do you have a little bit of, of backwash, so to speak, um, from the two projects that came before this? And would this maybe, you know, it, it, right now, would this have been something that maybe benefited from? everything gets dropped at once so you could see what the end result like you could see what the end result is
1: that i I think if i can jump in here i still haven't finished andor and i've heard that it ended quite good oh shoot Uh, i'm sorry i see i forgot all about andor like but and andor is i just haven't finished it because it just was i lost right and to that point I, i keep thinking oh i should watch that but it just lost me halfway through and i'm 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 with what Rob is saying three seasons into a show on streaming in today's TV climate, like especially something that was so captivating as a Mandalorian. And I'm sure this is something Disney is aware of. Like they've got to reinvigorate us and, and retain that excitement that we have. I think everyone was coming into Mandalorian season three with excitement and to so quickly let that excitement sizzle out is concerning. Like I'm not going to turn off the TV show. I'm going to keep watching it, but, but it's, it's uh, it's not carrying itself as or me with it as well as it could. I could see this losing a lot of viewers if it continues this way. And that sounds really bad. There were parts of this episode that I really enjoyed just as the series as a whole, I can see it going that direction.
2: This could be something where people who typically would watch this the day it comes out might wait till the end of the season and then binge all of it together um, as opposed to just... Every week, sit down at the appropriate time and you know watch it. You know together or whoever you watch it with. I mean, I don't anticipate Wednesday when I pick my kids up from school that they're not going to be arguing over do we watch it before dinner or after, depending because my kids have like a they're super busy. Like they've got all a a million different activities. So it wouldn't be until fairly late if we're all going to sit down and watch it. You know, the three of them plus my wife and I together, it would be pretty late. So it's, it's always a discussion. Like, can we get it started now? Or do we have to wait for, for this kid to come home or that kid? I still expect that to happen next Wednesday. But I think to Harrison's point, does it, do people check out or deprioritize it? I, I, it could happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, I will say I, I have like now I have an easier work schedule than I did before based on the hours that I have to work. I have not watched this like on Wednesday. This the first two episodes. This has not been a priority and I've been home. I've been available to do like to do that. And for whatever reason, you know, this is not as, as we're talking, you know, Rob, You know, you and I um, will have The Last of Us recorded and the season finale of that. You know, The Last of Us has been no, like I'm not making plans on Sunday night because I need to be home at nine o'clock and I needed to watch this. Like, even though it's at my fingertips, anytime I would want it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Like, no, I need to be home at nine o'clock. Like, don't ask me to do anything um so far with the first two episodes it's like okay yeah i'm gonna get to it which is weird because before yeah it was Mm -hmm. no i gotta watch it and you know whether that was because we were doing an automatic review of it but you know it, it it just hasn't been the same so far and that's not to say this won't end up being you know we could three four episodes down the road here be like oh my god like I can't believe our comments from like, look how wrong we were four episodes, you know, four reviews ago when we talked about this. But right now, yeah, this is not like this is not at the forefront for me. So that's it's just interesting to me.
1: Sorry, I was muted there. I, I would happily admit to being wrong, but I'm worried that we'll be right. And uh, it's a I weird feeling, it. right? like it's it's weird because i was so excited about this i was like the mandalorian and like i this was something that you and i talked about when we reviewed Ant man like i was excited to be excited about something again Mm -hmm. the way that like the mcu or when the man was like like it was like the best thing since sliced bread like i couldn't get to it soon enough and now it's like eh, i'll get to it in time like if it wasn't genuinely if it wasn't for this episode episode recording with you guys i still wouldn't have watched episode two
0: Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this with Star Wars several times, too. Maybe the last of us now, but for whatever reason, just be because of how it came into my life, whatever the case may be, when Star Wars has hit, I just don't quite have that feeling about anything else that I do when there's really good Star Wars. And then when there's really bad Star Wars, it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And like right now, it's weird to just kind of go. All right. There's Star Wars like it's weird.
2: Yeah, you want you want Star Wars to always be Rogue One. You want Star Wars always to be season finale of season two of The Mandalorian. You want it to be. I love you. I know. Mm hmm like you always want it to be that. And occasionally you get.
0: Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> occasionally you get Jar Jar Binks.
2: Occasionally You get an extended pod racing scene that was supposed to be just a tie in to sell toys and video games. You know, occasionally you get some very strange decisions in, in the sequel trilogy. And, that was very, and diplomatically. Almost... Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, And that's and that's the thing is we know we know what Star Wars can be when it's at its best. And it almost as as fans of it and we don't really have a right to feel this way. But sometimes we feel betrayed when Star Wars doesn't live up to our expectations. Like when Obi-Wan was a good show, but not an all time pantheon top Star Wars ever created. I think just the fact that it wasn't that made it actually feel worse than it was because it was a good show i enjoyed it i i liked it
0: yeah i I think you know again just uh i I don't want to just like beat this into the ground but you know we like and maybe with this again we're getting ahead of ourselves and harrison you you said this when we were talking about like wandavision like i almost need to like stop thinking about what I wanted it to be and coming up with all of these theories because it maybe killed my vibe when things didn't happen, but you know, like it it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this way and maybe I didn't enjoy it, but you know, with some of the things that we've seen for star Wars and just, you know, when we see it at its low, you know, I almost wonder if like for me myself, I'll just speak for me. Okay. The fact that I'm not like over the moon about this, if I'm if I'm being a little bit too harsh and go like in the back of my mind going, oh, God, like it, are we just going downhill? Like, are we are we starting to see another trend of Star Wars? Like not really being what we want. Well, again, who am I to say what we want it to be? Like, if I have billions of dollars to produce something, then I can do whatever I want with Star Wars and buy the prop. But like, but I, uh, I tell them. Yeah, but until then, um, I I almost wonder if like that's kind of what's on on my psyche is I get nervous knowing what the low in Star Wars is and being like, oh, dear God, something that I thought was the highest of Star Wars, please, dear God. Even if it's average, it's it's automatically going to feel like a letdown, even though it's like, yeah, that was good and good is not bad.
1: It, it's just weird because like I was expecting it to be like the greatest thing ever. So I, I guess I just got to calm down and be like, you know what? Cause if, if I think about it, like is this episode like an episode where it's like, Oh my gosh, I got to get to the microphone as fast as possible. And we got to talk about this amazing moment and this amazing moment. And how cool is this? No, but it's episode two of the season. How many episodes are there going to be? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know how many episodes are in this season.
2: I believe I mean, there are eight,
1: eight. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. So we're like, But we don't have a long ways to go. And before you know it, it's over. Rob, we talked about that with Halo. Like, okay, well, we still have six episodes left to go. Like, there's still plenty of time to turn it around. And then it was like, all right, well, there's
1: three episodes.
0: (laughs) There's three episodes to go. Maybe they'll turn, like, they can save everything with the season finale. Like, everything could be redeemed. And then it was like. Well, that happened. So before you know it, like this is going to be over. Like yeah. in one, two, in two and a half days, another episode is aired.
1: And then we're only down to five episodes. So that's true. So I, I, there is some fair criticism here. But I will say that, like, there were parts of this episode that was really good that we mentioned. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the interesting thing is that, that, like, things just keep getting hinted at. And, it, and it, we're at the point where it's like, okay, next episode we've got to start unraveling the mm-hmm. mystery box. Like like I think the, what the film was depicting is like this weird kind of intrigue between Bo-Katan and Din and how like Bo-Katan is maybe kind of feeling some emotions about the creed and the watch that, sound, that came off meaning something that I intended it to. That like mm-hmm. that is creating some conflict within her. That's interesting to see what happens there. This whole thing with the Darksaber, that she used it and was clearly much more effective at it than him, but she's not immediately saying, like, oh, let me fight you for it so I can have it back. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, you know, that's intriguing. I'm interested to see what's happening. But I was, like, I would I would have expected that, that this type of stuff would have been happening in Episode 1. And... Then we would get into it. Like I feel like this will, almost would have benefited from nine episodes, and you release episode one and two at the same time, and then we get, you know, seven episodes after that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he does say like I'm in your debt, and you know, she could have very easily been
1: like, "Well, give me the dark saber." Like, <laughs> like the how the episode was going to end. I thought it was, she was going to say that, and then it was like they had start battling it out or something. That's yeah, what I expected. I- i did like though i i mean again like i don't
0: i certainly don't want to bash on this episode because i'm not going to sit here at the end of this and say like oh my god this was terrible um i really did like when she was talking about her father and i thought it was just and again i one of the things that i love is when you can tell mando has emotion even when he's wearing a helmet um call it body language whatever but i did like when she was discussing her father and then he's just standing there and he's like this is the way i i for some reason like that part kind of really hit me i thought that was actually really well done and i don't know why because like i'm just kind of interpreting it however i want it to and maybe it doesn't mean anything but for some reason that was like a really really good moment to me um I'll, rob if you want to jump in on anything with that
2: Yeah, they, they share, they share a cultural identity, but not every aspect of that cultural identity. And I felt like when he responded back with, this is the way was kind of what he felt was the appropriate kind of, I guess, I don't want to say a salute, but just it's, it is pretty much a a religion at this point. So, you know, it almost felt like the right religious blessing in that moment.
0: Yeah, no, it did. It's almost like that. You know, what are you supposed to say when someone is talking about losing somebody? You know what? It's it's almost always the same thing. Like, oh, I'm sorry for your things like that. But, you know, that I I don't know, that felt like it meant a little bit more or he, you know, and I I think it did maybe to her as well. Like even her reaction, I, I, I think maybe she was surprised but thankful. That's what he said.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good good analysis. Surprised and thankful. So, so like again, there there's some really good stuff here that I'm like, okay, that's a really cool idea. I hope that we get more of it.
0: I did kind of laugh though that what I'm in, what I'm interpreting it as is that. <laughs> mando was just too goddamn heavy with the armor and he stepped off of like a rock and just sunk to the bottom <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of like when i thought about that that actually made me kind of laugh because to me there's absolutely no way that he got dragged down so i'm just interpreting it as he's just he's heavy as hell and he couldn't
1: float oh that's what i thought too especially because like it, it, There wasn't anything near him like dragging him down like she didn't have to fight a monster at the bottom like even that thing they saw that I'm already forgetting the name of like that didn't try and attack him and that I did that didn't look like it dragged him down it I I think he sank which is hilarious.
2: Yeah, he I don't think he was fully recovered from his his previous butt kicking.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, he definitely seemed like, you know, he definitely was was worn down um, in this episode. But, uh, Rob, I'll let you go first. Um, Any other like any key points, like anything really great that you thought about or like, you know, good or any other things that you were just like, look, this this part just didn't hit for me.
2: I think I'm all set.
0: Harrison, anything that you want to add before we, you know, we get into just a finalized review?
1: Uh, I do think that that droid human General Grievous spinoff thing that attacked him was pretty cool. I mean, I thought that it was going to, when its head crawled away, I was like, ooh, are we getting like a new villain? I was pretty excited. Uh, I mean, there's still a chance, but I don't know what that was, but it was cool. I kind of liked it. It was fun.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Totally agree. I did think that was a cool scene, Um, but we're going to, we're going to go into popcorn time. We're going to give our, our overall thought on this episode. So Rob, I'll let you go first. Harrison, I'll have you go second. And if you could um, tell us what you thought about episode one, give us your review for, you know, your popcorn review for that episode as well.
2: So for me, this is three and a half. Um, I, I didn't like it quite as much as the previous. I, there's still a lot of things here that I am excited to see what happens and where it goes. It just doesn't match some of the, the highest of highs that we've seen. So a little bit of a drop off for last week, three and a half buckets of popcorn.
1: All right. So that leaves me and I'll just say that I'm right um, with Rob where, I'm three and a half buckets. Yeah. Yeah. I I had to contemplate. I'm three and a half buckets of popcorn for this episode, episode two. Um, You know, it it was pretty good. It wasn't knocked your socks off and it wasn't horrible, but, but it was better for me than the previous episode, episode one, which only is getting three buckets of popcorn. So episode one, three buckets of popcorn. I liked it, but it, but I maybe was expecting too much of it and it just didn't deliver. Not that it was bad. I mean, three still above average it was it was good it just was amazing and this three and a half there's liked it a little bit more but still not quite into the great category yet yeah uh i'm with rob um uh, this is three and a half
0: buckets for me um good not great again is three and a half bad no so it's it's just weird kind of talking about this in the manner that we have Uh, But I I would rate this three and a half as well. I'm interested to see where this goes. I certainly am not going to skip a week or anything like that, you know, looking for, you know, with this show. But um, maybe there's fatigue happening. I'm I'm not quite sure. Hopefully that's going to turn around um, and we'll see. But uh, before we go, Harrison, uh, you're very busy over at the Basement Binge. If this is the first ever episode that listeners, um, you know, well, maybe the Mandalorian season three is where they're starting with Matt goes to the movie. So they've listened to episode one. They've listened to episode two. Now, as you know, it, <laughs> as we're talking, tell them about the Basement Binge.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, I appreciate the opportunity. Um the Basement Binge is a movie review podcast similar to Matt Goes to the Movies, where I binge your favorite series or franchises and review them. I just finished up the Creed series with Creed 3, which I cannot say enough positive things about Creed 3. If if you are interested in wanting to go see a movie in theaters and you're like, oh, which one should I go 3? Creed 3 should be the top of your list. Uh it was exceptional. So if you if you enjoy the Creed movies, you can check those out. Also, some great things coming with some animated films that initially was supposed to be the start of the year, but I'm finally getting them to them now. So exciting things happening. Enjoying some animated films. Just finished Creed up. So fun things to review.
0: Yeah, I haven't uh, gotten a chance to listen to the the Creed 3 review yet. I'm certainly looking forward to that because I have loved the first two movies, Um I'm a big fan of the Rocky movies. And then Creed, I think, was, you know, Creed one and two. I actually really, really enjoyed. So I'm certainly looking forward to seeing three. It was it was between that or Scream six. And you guys know that uh, I'm a huge horror movie fan. So Scream six had to be first. But I'm certainly looking forward to going and talking about that one. Well, listening and then talking about it when I do my own review.
1: Yeah, I, I am a, a, anticipating, as if you've listened to an episode where I've, I've been here before, I'm anticipating the Scream review uh, so that I can be told about the movie without having to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, well, we'll we'll see, because I,
0: I certainly have a lot of thoughts uh, about that movie, a, a ton of thoughts. So, And then, Rob, you always do such a great job. How do listeners continue to interact with this show? And, you know, anything new coming from Rob's Reviews?
2: Yeah. So uh, stay tuned, listeners, because uh, I am expecting to get another spin-off episode over at the extended podcast Universe of Matt Goes to the Movies for a show we call Rob's Reviews. It got something On the agenda, not quite booked on the calendar yet for recording date, but it is coming very soon now that life has slowed down just a little bit for me, and uh, I'm able to kind of look at some of those things. And now that also uh, Last of Us is off the air, that's one less... recording session on my agenda, so we'll be able to pick one up. But yes, that's uh, the best way to find out when that episode will drop is to stay subscribed to Matt Goes to the Movies. Wherever you are downloading this podcast, you can subscribe to it and make sure that you stay up to date with all of the latest and greatest things that are happening at Matt Goes to the Movies. The other way you can do that, of course, is to like all of the social media platforms. You can find the show on Facebook as well as the official Facebook group. You can also check us out on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, Yeah, I think that's all of them. Uh, No word on whether or not it's on LinkedIn yet. That's, That's probably coming in the future. But for right now, all the big ones, you can find the show there. Uh, You can email the show, MGTTMPodcast at gmail.com. Any thoughts on The Mandalorian or any recent review, you can certainly send your thoughts over this way. We would love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, um, you know, if you're listening to this episode, that means you will have seen that The Last of Us review is up as well. We are going to find out whether or not The Last of Us is the first TV show that we have. Well, I shouldn't say TV show because that's not really what it is. But the first show that we would have ever given a perfect score to. Um, it's going to be interesting. Can it can it keep the streak alive? Because um, so far, fives across the board. So thank you, everybody, for checking out this episode. We will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.